You ready to beat your bookmaker? Well then it's time to follow the model. Welcome back to follow the model. This is week four. I'm your host, Colin Thaw, founder of Thawball, and we got Gates, aka Rusty Gates, the architect of the model, on the line. How we doing, everyone? How we doing? Trying to have a, a better week this week after the last couple. Yeah, a couple not so good weeks, but it is a long season, so that's why you got to follow the model from start to finish, and you will be rewarded. The loyal followers will be rewarded. I have faith. You have faith. And let's recap last week. We're going to call this section the good, the bad, and the ugly. You can hear the Clint Eastwood theme music playing in the background. So let's start off with the good. What we got on a roll towards the end of the week that saved the week a little bit. Yeah, after the 1 p.m. slate, we hit the Chiefs, T-Swift, rode that all the way. Uh, It was a small play, but... The, the Bears are just, they're, they're, they're bad. They're in a bad state. So the Chiefs trounced them. That game was ugly. Moved on to the Steelers game at night. Steelers are in command of most of that game, right? I mean, they I think they showed that they were a better team and they were getting points in that, in that spot. So we liked that one. And then the, the Monday night game, the Eagles, uh, again, they were in control for that entire game as well. That was a good win. So, you know, those those are the three that that all were pretty easy wins. Didn't have to sweat too much. For sure. And one thing to note is in that Raiders game or the, the Steelers win, I should say, uh, would have been a horrible beat because, like you said, the Steelers were controlling the whole game. But the model also thanks Josh McDaniels with the very interesting field goal decision at the end of that game to preserve very questionable, the cover. Very questionable. Yeah. <laughs> very, very questionable. But uh, we thank him for that as the model needed it. And to be clear, that would have been a brutal backdoor. So let's go to the ones we got wrong. You hinted at it uh, in that 1 p.m. slate. What what went wrong? The Falcons. Uh, Desmond Ritter is is not what we thought he could be. He he really was bad because the Falcons were holding the Lions in check for most of that game defensively, and they just couldn't get anything going. And after what we saw last week, Seattle just pouring on the points. Seattle was missing two or three offensive linemen in that game, and we thought – Atlanta's need to run the ball, you know, make some things happen. They were 2-0, and they couldn't do it. So Ritter was just missing open guys left and right. He was atrocious, and and that's what blew that one. Moving on to the Jets, Zach Wilson had his comeback. He he had the drive to get down three. We thought we had the push with, like, four minutes left in that game. We thought we were fine. We were just praying they didn't throw a pick six or do something stupid. Of course he did. He got a safety in the end zone, but we can only blame ourselves for backing Zach Wilson yet again and blowing that push. And then, and then Washington, Washington was just got absolutely smoked. If you watch, if you watch them, how he just, he just didn't have it that week. He was he threw four picks, pick after pick after pick. They got it down to the one yard line at one point in the first half, thought they might have some momentum. Bill's just trounced him. Just, just the horrible pick. Um, but what, what are you going to do? Yeah, and I saw also in that game early, the coach made a couple of decisions, Ron Rivera, Riverboat, Ron, to go for it on fourth down situations where he could have taken field goals. That obviously changed the trajectory of the game, plus the red zone interceptions led to a very ugly, like I said, and brutal final score, but maybe wasn't so bad as the scoreboard indicated. And jury's still out on Sam Howell, right? So uh, he looked he's looked good so far in his career. He's looked bad, and we'll see if the truth is somewhere in between. But that's yeah. last. 
Yeah, well, just and then just to wrap up last week, right? I got to talk about the Bengals really quick. They were they were a pretty decent play. They were in control for that entire second half. They hit really, you know, and, and Burrow, he we we knew what he was going to be. He came through like we thought he would. He was good enough. And the defense was sacking the Rams every play that second half. The Rams drove all the way down. The Bengals just kind of played prevent defense. Really sucks that they got a touchdown that blew the 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 cover for us and ended up being a push. So. Between that and the Jets, got a little unlucky last week, but we move on to week four. We move on. That is the theme of week four. And fantasy owners can obviously just hope that Joe Burrow gets it going a little bit more, but they still should have covered that game. But moving on to week four and another team, the model is very on earlier in the season. Hasn't really paid benefits yet, but will it this week? That's the Giants. They're home. Monday Night Football hosting the Seahawks. This one opened at Giants plus one and a half, and it's now swung all the way to Giants minus one, but the model still likes the G-Men. We're big on the G-Men. I know everyone's going to call us a homer, call me a homer for being a G-Men fan, but here's the case. Here it is, all right? I have the stat here. Let me pull it up. Daniel Jones has been pressured at a historic rate. So he's been under pressure on 46.7% of his dropbacks, the highest rate in the league, and it's nearly twice as many as the second worst team in terms of allowing 27 pressures in under two seconds. So those are just historic rates that he's being pressured at, and he can't be successful, right? Even the times when he might have a little bit of time, it's clearly in his head because he's got a guy in his face every other second. And the reason behind that is a couple of things. One is that they played the 49ers and they played the Cowboys, two of the worst defense defenses for the Giants to play considering how bad their offensive line has been and the other big part of that is Andrew Thomas their left tackle he's a top three to five left tackle in the entire NFL he proved it out last year he was a top five pick a few years ago and he got hurt in that Cowboys game so you throw that game away we, we understand they got crushed in that game but they missed him the next two games and then they missed their second best offensive lineman Ben Bredersen in the, in the game prior against the 49ers so they were an absolute mess but they're getting those guys back is, is huge. That's fundamental, right? And then Seattle's pass rush is just, it, it doesn't even come close to compare to what they saw against the Cowboys and the 49ers. We saw what this offense can do in the second half of that Cardinals game when Daniel Jones gets time. He's going to have plenty of time again in this game. The Giants are finally getting healthy. They also basically are coming off like a mini buy because they played on the Thursday night game. That goes all the way now to the Monday night game. It's about you know, 10, 11 days rest. Seattle has to go cross country. They do have Monday night. They get a full week, but they still got to go cross country. So a ton of rest advantage there as well. And then finally, the Seattle injuries. They were missing three offensive linemen last week. We know one's on IR. We still think at least one or two more of those guys will be out. And then they were missing, you know, three corners in the secondary. So a lot of injuries on the Seattle side of the ball. Giants at home, their season's on the line. They know they got to get this win because they're playing Miami and Buffalo coming up. And we love this play. Nice, nice. New Yorkers rejoice on Monday night, hopefully. Moving on, we got a London game. And it's the catchphrase that's catching the nation, authenticated by the model. Fade, Jags, fade. And that's what this game is. It's Falcons plus three against the Jaguars in London. Yeah, we haven't gotten off to the hottest start, obviously, this season, right? We're at seven and 10 overall on the season. But 
the Jags, I think we've we can say at least so far we've gotten right. Now maybe that'll change when they get Cam Robinson back after a suspension, but he's still not going to be there in this game. Also, their left tackle, their first round pick, Anton Harrison, got injured last game as well. So they might be missing him as well. And, and we're not even factoring that in yet. So when all of that comes into play, this game will be in London. The Falcons are getting three points, and we see four and a half points of value here. We we like the Falcons. We saw what that defense can do last week against the Lions, who I think are a much better offense with a better offensive line. Yes, they had a couple injuries, but still a better offensive line than the Jags. Atlanta just needs to get that offense going a little bit, and it's a scary proposition with Desmond Ritter, but I still have faith that they can do enough against the Jags team that we're just going to continue to fade as long as they're favorites. Definitely. Yeah, it would help if Ritter can utilize some of that immense talent on the offense. You're talking about three skill position players that were top 10 picks, and yet they don't have a quarterback that can take advantage of that. But hopefully this Jaguars defense has not been doing so great and that they can take advantage in London this week. Moving on, we have the Broncos, who were completely embarrassed, uh, made a fool of, made a mockery of, whatever words you want to use, the Dolphins absolutely took him to the woodshed last week scored 70 points on that defense after they gave up 35 to the commanders at home two weeks ago and yet that's almost i don't know for sure but i i have a feeling that's where the model sees some value it's kind of the public and and the sentiment is going too far to the other side and the broncos play at chicago probably maybe the only team that's been more of a tire fire early in this season and the broncos this line opened at minus two. That's where the model got it. It was at minus three on the Tuesday email. It's now up to three and a half. So one, just love to get your take and the model's take on the game. And then a little analysis on that line move. Yeah. So take on the game. We, the, the bears are, they're a dumpster fire. We saw what they are last week. Justin Fields is atrocious. They're horrible on defense. They have, they're, they've lost 13 straight games dating back to last year. They're not even in these games. It's not even close. Justin Fields can't do a thing besides run the ball. We The only thing we were scared of last week was maybe some backdoor cover or garbage time. But here's the thing with this game. You know, Denver was was still liked by by the Sharps. That, you know, not, not as, like, a great team, but definitely as a team that, that still has some tools. We know Sean Payton's still a pretty good coach. And, and Russell Wilson has been horrible. That defense just fell apart last week in Miami. I think this is a good bounce-back spot, a great bounce-back spot for them getting them under a field goal. So we got to like that. And, and here's the kicker. Everyone's so pissed in Chicago at that franchise. If things start going south in the first, second quarter, it's going to start piling on with booze. It's just going to get worse and worse. So it's almost, you know, it's, it's almost worse for them to be home in this game in, in some respects. And, and then, yeah, just to talk about the line move for a second. So we locked it in a minus two. We, we knew that it was going to move to, you know, to at least three or higher. So we, we locked that in early. The Broncos are going to be missing a couple guys potentially here on defense. We're hoping to get back their safety, Justin Simmons. He's been a really good safety for the last five, six years in the NFL. But they also uh, might be missing their linebacker, Josie Jewell. He's he's a really, really good linebacker and got injured last game, which might have put not a whole ton of reason for why they got destroyed on defense, but you know, definitely, definitely had something to do with it. Um, so if he's out as well, there's a chance we might just buy this back at, at three and a half and try to middle this, right? Like that, that is, that is possible. So we'll have to see where everything shakes out, but either way, yeah, we, we jumped on this early. We, we knew that you know, no one wants to take the bears right now. That's, that's just the reality of the situation. 
Definitely. So it sounds like if you did not get the line early, maybe wait and see on that Friday night inactives and even the Sunday inactives to make that final play. But again, this is a reminder, the model had it right, right? The line moved in the direction that you thought, you called it out. And so that's why uh, subscribe to the Substack. And that's why it's so important to follow the model all the way through the week to take advantage of those lines. So those are the three plays for week four, but you're always have, you always have your eye on some other ones. So in the others to watch, Let's stick with that Miami theme. You know, they were, like I said, making a mockery last week, doing a conga line in the end zone, scoring 70 points, 10 touchdowns. I mean, it was truly insane. Do they keep it going this week? Dolphins, Bills, we got a great game on our hands. This is this is a classic game. I hope everybody's going to watch. Dolphins have been so impressive, right? And even though the Bills had a huge, huge win last week, you know, they, a lot of it was just Sam Howell throwing those picks and, and giving the game away. Not not to take anything away from the Bills. They've been playing really well. We still see some value right now on the Dolphins, especially with Jalen Waddle coming back. That's something that not everyone is thinking about. He They scored 70 last week. He didn't even play. So if he comes back, that team on offense against this Bills defense is going to put up points no matter how you slice it. Jalen Phillips, the Dolphins' best defender, left last game he had been injured the week before and missed week two so he's a huge one to watch if he's out then we're probably staying away here buffalo i think should be pretty healthy they had some guys that they missed in practice but it looks like they'll be ready to go but plus three is always a number you like to grab especially you know in, in a game that should be close um so stay tuned let's see if if phillips plays or if there's any other injuries that pops up and then the uh the vikings right so vikings panthers Panthers, I think they looked better with Andy Dalton, right? The Bryce Young, the way that he's playing, it's actually a negative to the spread. This point in their careers, obviously I'm not saying that Bryce Young is not a better quarterback eventually than Andy Dalton, but right now the model gives some more credence to Andy Dalton. And the Panthers have had some injuries in the secondary. So J.C. Horn, who's their first round pick a few years ago, he's been out now for a few weeks. They, they just lost one of their safeties. So they're, they're banged up on defense. And the Vikings have been playing well, and the model still really likes them. So they were, they're 0-3, but opposite of last year when they were winning all these close games, they're now 0-3 in games decided by under seven points. We still think that they can be a juggernaut, especially on offense, and they can easily cover the spread. So let's see if their center comes back, Garrett Bradbury for the Vikings. If he comes back, that'll even just put this, this offense into, the, into a really high gear and, and get them their first W of the season. Right, because the Vikings started 0-3 this year, and there's rumors that the Jets might be looking for their next quarterback in Captain Kirk, but the Vikings are going to have him for at least one more week, and the model's keeping an eye to see if the Vikings can get that first W the season and cover that four-point spread. I know you have two others you're watching that you want to touch on, and one of that is another quarterback story. It's the Jameis Winston revenge game as he's playing against his old team in the Bucs, but the model is eyeing the Bucs at plus three and a half in New Orleans. Yeah, look, Baker is not my favorite quarterback by any means, but Jameis get, giving three and a half is a lot for famous Jameis to be giving when he hasn't played quarterback in a long time. So we like the Bucs right now getting, those, getting that you know, three and a half. Also, the, the thing to watch here, though, is the secondary. So Carlton Davis, one of the best corners, missed last week. And then Jamel Dean, their other best corner on the Bucs, 
got injured last week as well. So we need to see if those guys are going to play. They need at least one of them, hopefully both, to come back in this game. Also, their first-round pick, the D-tackles, missed the last couple games. So definitely some injuries to watch. But this might be a chance where the Bucks looked really bad on Monday night because the Eagles just trounced them. But the Eagles are – them and the Chiefs, we think, are the two best teams in the entire NFL. So everyone's going to look bad against the Eagles. It is what it is. It was pouring rain. I think this Bucks team is actually kind of solid. So to be getting three and a half, we, we like that value. And then the, the last one we'll touch on is the Pats and the Cowboys. We've been fading the Cowboys for a lot of this season, although it didn't work out for us in game one. We almost took them last week with the Cardinals. We couldn't pull the trigger. But, you know, we, we saw what we've been seeing a lot of, right? And a lot of that also you have to give credence to. They missed three offensive linemen last week, and that's a big part of the play potentially this week as well. When you put those three offensive linemen out of the game and Dak, who were not impressed by it all at this point in his career, you know, we, we think the Patriots can definitely keep it close, definitely keep it close. We don't love their offense, and that's very scary. But getting seven points or six and a half right now, it's been floating back and forth. If we can get that to seven and injuries go our way, we like that value in a in an under in a close game. I hear you. And that is week four. We have three official plays. You mentioned four more you're watching. I know that there's also a Thursday night game. And while when this comes out, that'll be over. So that's why we're not going to cover it on the podcast. But that's why you have to follow the newsletter on Substack. You got to follow on Twitter to get the most up-to-date plays. And you will get that Thursday night advice if it does come out based on the injuries. So with that, Rusty, anything else you want to say before signing off for week four? Not much else. Like you said, it's been a, it's not been the greatest last couple of weeks. We still went three and three last week record-wise, though, right? And especially the way that we ended it, we went three, oh, and one to end the slate. I think we're getting some momentum here. Just keep on trucking. Last year, we had a phenomenal year. The, the model's got a great track record. You've got to keep persevering. It's a long season. Let's get it. It's a long season. Not every week is going to be a winner, but over the long haul, the model has proven its value. And with that, it's follow the model, signing off for week four.